Hey everybody, it's Mike. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different than usual. Tyler is busy working today, so we have a special guest, my buddy Grant from uh, Tree School, where me and Tyler used to work. So it's going to start out with just me going over a pretty crazy story that happened recently, and then Grant's going to pop in, and it's going to go from there. So hope you enjoy, and uh, on with the show. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bonsai Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and that silence is the lack of Tyler. Tyler's fired. Nobody liked him. He was stupid and dumb and smelly, so so we fired him. He's gone. Never to be heard from again. It's just, it's just me, all alone, here with our beautiful patrons. Right now, we're joined with Bronte, Cole, Neonosis, and Plus Size Waluigi. More will come in. Some will pop out. That's just the way that it goes. But I hope all of you are doing well today. And if you think, if you think that this podcast is going to be awful just because it's me talking to myself and a couple people in the Patreon, you're wrong. You're wrong. You won't even notice that Tyler's gone. It's just, it's going to be raw. It's going to be, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be just the way it was always meant to be. Obviously, Tyler isn't fired. He's actually working on a video right now. Um, But I finished my work early, like a good boy. So I have time to do the podcast. I wasn't able to get anybody on it with me because I wasn't sure if Tyler was going to not be here. But uh, yeah, so Grant couldn't do it. Haven't heard back from Arlo. Haven't heard back from... Uh, mother's basement, but who knows? Like maybe halfway through the podcast, they'll get back to me. We'll be like, oh, I can do stuff. I can do stuff. So here he is. Here, here we is. Rizlin being the vanilla girls that we are. All right. So <laughs> today's going to be a lot of fun, everybody. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about uh, is a, an interesting news story, right? So, and by interesting, I mean totally disgusting, mildly horrifying. Uh, So a 63-year-old man died on an international flight. Uh, It's uh, Lufthansa, 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 yeah, there it is, Lufthansa flight on Thursday after liters of blood gushed from his nose and mouth, according to multiple reports. So uh, this dude, he's on a plane like snakes, and all of a sudden, bleh, he just starts, he just starts spewing blood from his from his mouth and his nose right so i think we've all been on we've all been on flights and uh it's an uncomfortable thing to be on anyway yes literally projectile vomiting blood out of out of him uh so (laughs) so we've all been on flights they're very uncomfortable they are long and if you got a middle seat man you're just going to have a bad time, you know? And I first, like, personally, I'm always, like, nervous on a plane to, like, get up and go to the bathroom. So, like, I get I get stressed out on planes anyway, and then I feel like I have to hold in my pee, and then that makes me tense, and then I get, like, sciatic shit. It's all bad. So what could make it worse? A man sitting next to you spewing, <laughs> just, just spewing blood all over you. Uh... So the unidentified man boarded flight LH-773 from Bangkok to Munich. So that's already a flight. Like, like Bangkok, Thailand to Munich uh, in Europe over there. I don't know how long that flight is, but I know it's got to be at least six, 
10 hours, right? I mean, we're talking Southeast Asia all the way up to all the way up to like middle Europe, central Europe. Not great. Uh, so he blurted with a woman believed to be his wife on Thursday, according to Swiss German news outlet, uh, Blick. Witnesses Martin and Karen Misfelder told Blick they were sitting one row behind the man and that he looked unwell when he boarded the plane. The Misfelders told the outlet he had, quote, cold sweats and was, quote, breathing too much too quickly, much too quickly. Uh, in a translated quote, the man's wife said his condition was due to the couple rushing to catch the flight. So this woman is saying... My husband barfed out all his blood because we were uh, in a big hurry to to get to our plane, which I don't know. I mean, I've definitely rushed to a flight before, um, and that didn't cause me to like literally vomit out all the blood in my body onto uh, an airplane. Um, so let's see. Miss Felder told the outlet the plane's captain arrived and briefly spoke to the man, at which point he called for a doctor over the loudspeaker. A Polish man around 30 years old came and briefly examined the man. Miss um, Felder said the doctor didn't do much to treat the man beyond checking his pulse and asking him how he felt. Great. That's great. It's exactly what it's like when we go to the doctor in, in America. How are you feeling? I feel like I'm dying. Uh, let me check your pulse and your blood pressure. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Go home. Um, they gave him a little chamomile tea, uh, but he already spit blood into the bag that his wife held out to him. Miss um, Felder told Blick that at one point blood gushed out of the man's nose and mouth and that the man lost liters of blood, some which splattered onto the plane's walls. So if I am correct, I believe the human body has five liters of blood, right? The adult adults have about five liters of blood in them. Um, so if you're spewing out liters, you're fucked. Uh, <laughs> it was an absolute horror. Everyone was screaming. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, no shit. Right. Um, so apparently the flight turned around, uh, and returned to Bangkok after 90 minutes. So like for 90 minutes, these people had to sit with the corpse of a man who just spewed all of his blood out of his face. Um, Bronte says this is something that sounds like it could happen to my dad, uh, but it would uh, didn't come out of his nose and mouth. I'm getting to that. Uh, so let's see. Um, although immediate and comprehensive first aid measures were taken by the crew and doctor on board, the passenger died during the flight. So obviously he died. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, like it's not like you can perform emergency s surgery and shit like that. Uh, so so not only did this I, like, do you think the people had to sit in the seats next to him? You know what I mean? Like, do you think they had to, like, stay in the seats? <laughs> just, like, because you know he didn't just get the blood in, like, one spot. Like, you can't be polite about that shit, right? Like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and try to, try to, like, you know, fucking get it. And, like, like, you'd be panicking. You'd be freaking the fuck out. You're like, oh, my blood's coming out of my face. Like... <laughs> So yeah, I, and obviously I'm I'm laughing at the dark comedy of the situation, not the fact that this poor man died horribly. Um, like I, it's it's I can't imagine. Uh, uh, like that is up there on like one of the one of the worst ways to die. I would say easy elbow space, hate fighting over armrests. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
So what they believe happened was uh, he had a, I believe he had like a big artery in his throat, esophagus, neck, and it like popped. So this is a condition that can come from like alcoholism. It can come from a bunch of other things, Um, you know, like fucked up cardiovascular problems, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they think that the pressure from just getting on the flight on top of his like, you know, running there and whatever, which probably wasn't good for his heart, uh, the pressure from just being on the flight popped this this fucking gasket in him and he bled out. So, um, yeah, this is something that can happen to people. It's, uh, you know, hopefully it happens while you are sleeping soundly <laughs> you just wake up to being the uh the, the little girl from the exorcist except it's blood instead of i don't know whatever pus fueled bullshit she was spewing out of her face uh but you got to make sure um as you are puking all that blood that you scream your mother sucks cocks in hell uh that is a, an amazing way to go out but um yeah, so, like, you know, not only did this dude die, but he probably shit himself afterwards, and it was just horrible. I, I don't know, like, what this... Because, like, I, I don't know if he was vomiting, but I assume he was also vomiting. Um, Like, you know, because he's choking, right? Like, you're, like, choking and you're gagging, and it, blood is not, like, a nice, like... It's not fun liquid. It's not, like, water, you know? It's pretty thick. Pretty viscous. Yeah, thick with two Cs. Um, so... That's what happened to uh, to this man. Um, obviously, our thoughts are with the relatives of the deceased passenger. Uh, they also regret the inconvenience caused the passengers of this flight. So, like, we apologize for the inconvenience of this man exploding. Uh, I that's I mean that's the other part of this situation, right? Like, I'm I'm not necessarily so so I know people that they tie issues that they have to specific scenarios, right? So like, say you went out to a restaurant and you ate something that was disgusting and you got sick and then you were either afraid to go to that restaurant ever again, or you're afraid to go out to restaurants ever again, that, that just emotional, physical tie to that restaurant and your brain, uh, you know, creates, creates an aversion to it, right? Um, so I can't, people are already afraid of flying, right? Like flying comes with so much anxiety. Yeah. Am I going to make my flight? Is my flight going to get out on time? I don't have cell phone service, you know, like, uh, did I bring enough drugs to knock me the fuck out on this plane? Uh, you know, is something going to happen? Right. I mean, like we're living in post nine 11 America. I mean, I think I think everybody who gets on a plane in this country is somewhat in the back of their head. Like, I really hope this plane doesn't get hijacked, <laughs> you know, especially when we have these crazy things going on in uh, in Israel and and, you know, the Middle East in general. I mean, it's a fucking mess out there. Um, and I do have an update on on a story we talked about not too long ago regarding um, some soldiers that got hit by. A drone so yeah all these people who watch this man it just a just a horrifying sight you know like like i think a lot of people are ages uh, you know i'm assuming you're around my age i'm turning 33 this year 
Uh, you're probably somewhere between 25 and 40. Uh, most people our age have seen at least one of those, you know, mid Iraq war uh, or Iraq war beheading videos or something terrible on, you know, the internet that you can't unsee. For me, I watched this dude like shoot himself in the head on stage, okay? And it's really, really difficult to understand what it's like to watch a human body bleed out until you see it because there's a lot of blood <laughs> in a human. And when there's no stopping it coming out, it is fucking horrifying yeah this has got to help we're already here we're already dark yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking blood in a human body and it just keeps coming keeps coming so all of these people on this airplane saw this happen like that's trauma for life dude you, you know what i mean like like i would never want to i don't i don't know i would never like i barely want to leave my house now i don't think i <laughs> I think that would be it for me you know uh so fucking a um hope everybody is doing the best that they can i sincerely hope that they have access to therapists it is europe so they probably do um but you know hot damn godspeed uh all right so let's uh <laughs> so of course this is a bonsai podcast um and uh with something crazy like this you're always gonna find somebody who has you know a different story and this plane incident brought me to i think one of the most beautiful places i've ever been uh and that would be r slash conspiracy so <laughs> luatica and grant have popped in um Grant was supposed to be... No, that's not true. I asked Grant if he wanted to be on the podcast, but he had uh, stuff he had to do. So what's up, Grant? Hey, look at that. We were just about to jump on r slash conspiracy, and Grant showed up. He's here. He's ready to be on the podcast. Say hello, Grant. Hey, what's up, everybody? Guess I saved you hey. from some conspiracy theories. Maybe some some of that schizo talk. I don't know, man. Though it depends oh, on the conspiracy. You didn't save anybody at all. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming you didn't bring news stories, so so we're talking about this. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, uh, guys, if you don't know who Grant is, Grant uh, was the host of Treesicle. That's a YouTube channel that um, I started working on full time. Uh, that you know Tyler also was working on full time. Um, they're original members of that, and Grant was also on Bonsai Pop for like two years as well. If you are interested, you can find all of his videos. Uh, in the grant playlist on our playlist page but he's here yeah fun fact actually so we launched bonsai pop with one video by me and one by mike and right. we basically took tree school's audience and transferred it over to tree school we tricked people into thinking i was going to be there as like the main host and then people yeah. are like oh who's this mike guy he he seems way more knowledgeable and passionate about anime than this grant guy and then it worked really well and the mm. rest is history it took a little while for people to get used to me i think you know at least the people that were there for for treesicle stuff specifically you know like the story you never knew uh but it definitely took it definitely took people a little while to uh 
to to adjust to my flavor i would say sure you know well like, like if you, you look might... at me i'm like nerd dork white guy with glasses and you're nerd dork white guy with neck tattoo you know that's like a different <laughs> and <glasses. laughs> vibe and glasses like we have a lot yeah. in common <laughs> mm-hmm. and also yeah, just... a little different I've just, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I just got a little edge. I just got a little spite. I got a little, uh, I don't know. So right now we're working on a, a video for the Yu Yu Hakusho live action. Um, and it, it, like I had to edit a bunch of it because we needed to get it out tomorrow so we could be on schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, Cause we just have like a shit ton of really big long videos that we have planned. And um, like, it was just so fun because I hated that show so much and I was just able to be like mean and <laughs> mean and spiteful and uh, what, what's what's the cheeky essentially. Um, so it's it's fun to uh, it's fun to do that. Um, we are doing a Utena video, Bronte. Um, we are we have officially scheduled a Utena video. Oh. Um, we we can't do any One Piece. Uh, we still haven't figured out shit with Toei. Uh, we are doing some Sailor Moon videos. We're doing two Sailor Moon videos. Um, but I think we're mostly going to be using still images and manga for that. Um, but yeah, we're we're doing a lot of things that people have asked us, and we're also doing a lot of things that um, we just know people want. So it's going to be a good year. It's just going to be very busy, and the schedule is like got to be very strict. So. Uh, I actually got into a, like a yelling match with Tyler yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, what happened? Uh, well, so like I had, I was super tired uh, on Wednesday after we had finished doing whatever the fuck we were doing. Uh, might have been the might have been the Patreon podcast, and like before that, we I had like tax stuff, and then we had like a meeting with Mana. I don't remember, but anyway, I was super tired, and um, I fell asleep. And, like, while I was asleep, I guess Axel and Tyler had discussed, like, you know, what was going on with the video and, like, blah, blah, blah. And they both agreed to, like, put it out on the 24th. And I was like, wait a second, we have another video that needs to be out on the 24th. So, like, I was like, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't fucking do that. We need to get it out tomorrow. Like, why hasn't this video been touched? It's been recorded and ready to go for a week you know like what the fuck is going on and uh so tyler like called me and he's like bro like we can't fucking get it out in two days we can't edit this in two fucking days and i was like yeah we can easy like i'll even i'll even like get on like we'll just fucking edit we're doing a video taking apart a live action show there's only five fucking episodes they all suck you know you you show it'll be super easy to do i got my i got my 10 minutes plus the patreon pitch done yesterday between let's see when we stopped arguing it like i i got it all done in one day you know what i mean like it, it wasn't that big a deal like I, like if everybody got all their shit done yesterday we'd just be ready to go and i uh, just do music and we'd upload the video uh so yeah we just we just argued about that for a while and i i kind of like i got it through his head i was like dude we need wiggle room if we can get videos out earlier, we need to get them out earlier because we have so much reading to do. We have so much fucking writing to do and we have so much editing to do and we need to get these videos out on time. If we have dates for them, then we can get sponsors for them. Then we can make sure that the editors get paid and that we get paid and that we have the right money coming in. Like if we're really taking shit seriously this year, we need to stick to shit and 
make sure we have wiggle room in case there's an emergency, in case somebody needs to go on vacation, you know, holidays, like all that stuff. So I eventually convinced him that we could get it done. Um, so we are. And it is almost done. <laughs> but yeah, we, <laughs> we, were, we were buttonheads. Well, it sounds yeah. like you're more driven now. I know you took a long break and seems like your head's back in the game. Is that fair to say? Uh, either that or I've just been in like a, a mildly manic period, which I think that um, I am because I've been like vigorously cleaning my entire apartment for like a week, so <laughs> we'll okay. see. Well, that I yeah. mean, that's good at least, dude. Give me some of your mania. I can't do work for shit right now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! Like, yeah, making videos in a room by myself. I don't know if I can take it anymore, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I envy you in a way because I've never lived on my own. I've never had my own place, so it's just mine. You know what I mean? Um, but also, I can imagine that that gets lonely. Yeah, and for those who don't know, so I'm a freelancer. I help people build their YouTube channels, usually by making content for them, also by, you know, helping them with strategy, making thumbnails, things like that. And it's been working out really well. I've got, you know, some savings and whatnot. But, um, oh man, dude, making videos for 10 years is like... Uh, <laughs> uh. that's we've been i've been trying to we've been trying to kind of get across what that's like so like a lot of the podcasts are like inside baseball stuff you know what i mean it, so it's like people look at youtube and they're like wow what a fucking job you don't gotta do shit you just play video games and then you record it you just throw it up on the internet and boom you're famous and rich and it's like no <laughs> like, that's not nope. it's awful yeah it's and, horrible <laughs> yeah and like you know compared to I, i've worked retail and shit like that those jobs yeah. are horrible they don't pay well and i definitely like i understand um but yes. yeah this is just sort of a different beast it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to understand what it's like but i i'm not complaining necessarily uh for me i'm just trying to figure out what the hell to do like how am i supposed to make a living when every time i sit down i'm like who who it's yeah. like pulling teeth to edit the same kind of video week in and week out and um yep. yeah i don't know but i'm i'm thinking about just like saying fuck it and like quitting and then just working on my own channel <laughs> and just seeing what happens there you know waking up every day getting exercising meditating and then getting to work on my own shit and i though i'm 31 and i understand how I preposterous that is yeah well you're like 32 <laughs> we're basically the same age yeah yeah well i'm 33 this year but you'll be 32 in uh pisces month Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do charge for consultations, Neon Genesis. I, uh, yeah, like, I make good money and everything hourly. It's just, um, yeah, man. I, I've been doing it for, I guess, three years now, two and a half, and yeah. it has gone well. But yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm at a crossroads or something, and I need to figure out what the hell to do next. I think, like, getting an in person job would be good, but I live in Portland, Oregon, which is not exactly an economic powerhouse. And, yeah. um, so, I don't know, I make way more money working remotely, but I also can't seem to work. So, hmm, maybe, maybe I should just become a pro YouTuber again and, and do all that. 
Like, I don't get think... that guitar out. Go busting on the street, dude. <sighs> yeah. Just make, make your daily cash. Get your food. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I learned... Uh, oh, yeah. For, I guess, people don't know. Not that it's a big deal. But I started learning guitar. And I haven't played it in a while, alas. But Mike has been a good influence. I think it's just the issue of, like, being alone in an apartment. Like, it's hard to be creative by myself. And mm. I think I'm just kind of cynical or something. Like... Yeah. This this industry will do that to you. So so what what's interesting about Grant is like, so True School ran for like seven years. Um, it was a really successful YouTube channel. Grant was the face of it. Um, you know we had videos with uh, our buddy Ryan who worked on the channel as well. Uh, but Grant was was and, really and Tyler the, worked on it too. Well well I was just talking about being the face the oh, narrator sure. type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and and Grant did uh yeah Ryan the white boy anime pleb yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Geez, that's a old, that's a deep cut. Uh, but yeah, so so you know, Grant was on camera consistently and doing voiceover consistently for for seven years, um, and the channel, you know, it got away from all of us. I think it it, it you know we've talked about Tree School quite a bit, but um, yeah, uh, it it just got away from us, and we continued to work on it even though we knew it was falling apart and we didn't want to do the content that was bringing us money and views because we thought it was cringe and stupid and everything of that had to be on grant's face so like grant became like the fnaf guy a you dancing know, like monkey, next, yeah yeah like uh, like next to like Daco and uh fucking matt pat you know there was grant right like we almost had a million subscribers like so it was you know when when grant and i and the boys would go out to conventions and stuff you know grant would get stopped by people and they'd be like oh my god you're grant from tree school i was thinking about this fnaf theory <laughs> <laughs> dude seriously and like in the beginning fnaf is, is like fine i don't know i like it was fine it just i think when an entire channel when the entire channel turned into it that's when it got too much um it kind of overtook everything and uh, mm -hmm. but i'll be danged if uh it didn't get views like and honestly i don't yeah. know if tree school would have like stood the test of time anyway i reflect a lot and realize that i i don't know if i'm meant to be like professional epic gamer guy you know like now that tree school's done i like barely play video games ever at I all i mean you barely played video games while we were making videos yeah you know but like, like i played more video games before i became a professional youtuber like the mm -hmm. irony you know it sort of became yeah. work and again not complaining but it's just kind of interesting i think like despite the decisions we made to cover fnaf and everything i think it ran its course and this is my form of acceptance you know it's uh um even though it worked out and didn't work out it all worked out you know yeah and that's the thing like i think um with tree school we were all panicking um for like a year at least like what is gonna happen like if we lose this what the fuck is going to happen to us? What are we going to do? Because we have no skills <laughs> like outside of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're not like, you know, we don't have like uh, official, like worked out, a, worked out a corporation, have, you know, management skills or HR skills or, you know, anything like that. Ryan was able to get his programming back into shape and get mm -hmm. uh get a real he's got quote, a big boy quote, job. Real job he's a professional yeah. software engineer at the company he left 
before basically he went full circle he went back to the company he was at before going full-time tree skull and yeah i mean it's weird because we do have a lot of skills like building a youtube channel and creating videos is a really useful in-demand skill right now i've made a living doing that the past couple years working for other people um but it is different than a buttoned up job for sure like you know i look at full-time jobs now like working for adidas or something in their video production department and i'm like dear god that looks horrible like i i feel (laughs) our our careers have been so like scrappy you know of just uh making videos and shit and like waking up at noon and working into the night you know um yeah it's i worked i worked uh i worked till like midnight last night and uh Dude, I, I have these new neighbors, and they're, like, the fucking worst, and I hate them. I hope they fucking fall off a cliff. But they were, like, banging on the fucking wall to, like, shut up. <laughs> Wait, they were telling you to shut up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, like, you know, I'm working on my computer. I got, like, I got like really nice, like, monitor uh, speakers. Um, and, like, <laughs> it's just, I guess it was too loud. You were blasting hentai? Yeah, yeah. Like, I could hear oh, the, yeah. the tentacles and all the... You know, sliding in and out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. But uh yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the it, it has been scrappy and it's still scrappy for Bonza Bob, you know. I mean we've been out here for like four or five years. We haven't broke three hundred thousand subscribers, but we're also sticking to the plan. Um and not you know, not going the easy way. And I think that, um, you know, Tyler and I were talking about it, but like, we're basically dinosaurs, you know, at this point, like the kind of fucking content that we make is done essentially more or less. I mean, everybody's retiring. Uh, everybody is, is backing off They're They're changing their tactics. They're doing a lot more stuff on TikTok. They're, you know, this, that, and the other thing we're still trying to make this like evergreen content. Um, that is uh essentially based around an era of anime you know and that kind of inconsistency in content topics is not good for the out like for you you know what i mean like we'd be much better off just covering one piece or covering dragon ball or covering sailor moon just being the sailor moon channel you know what i mean well so why why don't you cover more current stuff there's plenty of new anime coming out because it's not as good. You're like, <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah, not even not even necessarily, but it's like, you know, the video that I'm working on, I'm going to be writing it this weekend, is um, essentially like, is anime still cool? You know, like, is anime Ooh. still like kind of punk rock? I like that. And yeah, I'm going to be like looking into essentially, you know, what anime used to be like or what it used to be like as an anime fan and what it's like now and what the anime sphere used to be like when I was into it uh and what it's like now because i feel like and i know i know that a lot of a lot of anime is now directed towards western audiences because that's where and western audiences like to japan is america that's their number one concern is always america like we want to sell this shit in america um and I think we've seen a major change in the content that's coming out. You know, obviously we have some really good shonens uh, with Jujutsu Kaisen. Kaiju number eight is coming out now uh, or this year. But, um, you know, we get a lot of those like big titty, funny fucking isekai shows, um, light novel adaptations 
that just don't have the kick that even like Naruto and Bleach did. You know, it's it's uh, and we're getting so many. Like we are so inundated with that type of content, and we're what, not yeah, getting. Yeah, you you like the hardcore stuff like Berserk and like if it's fucked up, you probably like it. You know, yeah, and yeah, I, I, that yeah, was definitely more common in like the '90s and '80s, and I do feel even like the the visual style of anime now feels very candy coated. You know, like it's yes. sleek and it's pretty, but it it's not hardcore or anything. Um, yeah, it's I'm it's sure, not hand drawn. Yeah, you know, it's it's changed. It's changed a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I guess this just sort of happens as you get older. You know, the world kind of change changes. The things you fell in love with as a teenager kind of fall out of style. Um, but if you think of it this way, you know, maybe when we're like fifty, the hardcore stuff will come back, and then. And then you'll be a yep. current YouTuber again, Mike. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the one thing that I have going for me is the older I get, the more legit I seem when I'm talking about retro stuff, you know? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, dude, when uh, Cole, Cole is here, when Cole tells me about shit, I'm like, okay, Cole knows what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Because Cole, Cole is, is a little bit older than me and was there, like, back in the, like, I just got this, you know untranslated videotape at a flea market you know i'm just gonna watch it because anime is just cool you know like anime is cool looking um and that's awesome you know it, it really was like a kind of a punk rock thing back in the day like it really was like it was like going to a record store and buying like you know seven inches of bands that you never heard from like local uh you know areas and stuff and and now it like you said it's very candy coated and and what that is is uh fucking capitalism dude like capitalism is ruining everything it's ruining everything and like i was listening to a podcast i don't remember what it was i believe it was q anonymous but they were talking about um china and and why america is so fucking obsessed with like china and why we always are putting out um you know, uh, propaganda against China and making them look like they're, you know, like whatever. But like when they trying to change their economy to a capitalist economy, essentially, yes, it's, it's driven by the state, but it's still capitalism. Yeah. It's like the, the state wants to control what makes money, essentially. Like they want to generate profits, but like a giant corporation in China, if Xi Jinping is like, yeah, I don't like this company. He can just erase it overnight, which mm-hmm. is... And make a new one. Yeah, and make a new one. Like, China's nuts like that. It's a totally different space. And I, to your point about anime appealing to Americans and capitalism, I do feel like that's probably a big reason why anime has gotten less hardcore or, like, innovative in that, mm-hmm. you know, capitalism, the way to make the most money is to make something that is generic enough to sell to a mass audience like if something if something is really specific or violent or edgy or whatever that limits the audience but if something is family friendly then or it's like you know kind of cut off around the edges then you can less japanese yeah yeah they're whitewashing (laughs) it literally and it's yeah kind of a sad thing but Mm -hmm. i i also like you know i'll watch 
what was the last anime I watched? Oh, I tried to watch the new Castlevania, but then my next my Netflix doesn't work anymore. It's rough out there, man. It's rough out there. <laughs> yeah, and it's expensive now too. But yeah, like so so you know the thing the thing about China and them turning capitalist was that they at the, especially at the time they were they were still like fascists. So with America, we think of capitalism and freedom and democracy as they can't be separated. Capitalism is freedom and democracy. But yet China's capitalist and they were fascist and and you know everything was run by the state and they did great <laughs> and they're doing great you know so that made America just be like what you know it was, it was like essentially proving that God doesn't exist it's, it's a very similar kind of like mental disconnection uh, that totally broke the brain of this country uh, and I think at this point and maybe it has something to do with the fact that, you know, uh, we're starting to see the capitalist machine move much fucking quicker because we have this we have this uh, access to information that we never did before. Um, but people are, are waking up to the idea that, like, this system of, you know, economic growth is a game and we've all already lost like like people the people who have won are just going to keep winning because their money grows exponentially by just sitting in the bank you know like well, it, it, yes it, that that is definitely happening i do feel we're at a point in history where that is absolutely happening more than it usually does and that's a huge issue I am yeah. seeing the rise of a lot of labor unions and workers' rights. I mean, there's like the writer and actor strike. Uh, there's been a lot of more like blue collar strikes. Uh, there's mm -hmm. like the Kellogg plant or something where workers went on strike and demanded higher wages and better, better pay and everything. And they seem to be working. Like, so I, I saw it was like a meme basically from 100 years ago where it was complaining the rent is too high the pay is too low the people at the top are winning and it was i don't know maybe not more than 10 years after that that we saw the rise of unions and higher pay in the 40-hour work week and mm -hmm. i think we're just in this part of the western history cycle where capitalism has stopped working for most people and people are getting fucking sick of it. And, like, at the end of the day, they need us more than we need them. Us being, like, the working class. Them being the, you know, the, the higher the up. Elites. The, the elites. Yeah. You know? The elites. And I, yeah. I just think whenever we do come together and say we're not going to work until things get better, it seems to work. Like, it's always really hard, but it, it works out. So... I'm optimistic that things will get better, but it will require a lot of organization and mm -hmm. some sacrifice, definitely. But well, yeah. So I was talking to Tyler on the podcast premium about um, the idea of a charity organization that supports workers on strike. So you can strike, but you can still have your pay, you know, you can still cover your costs to live and mm. shit like that. And having that be like, 
pointed strikes, strikes to make companies change the way that they're polluting the environment, change the way that like what type of products they're using in their uh, in their, you know, uh, creation process of other products. Like, I, I think that would be really, really fucking cool to have that pool of money for workers um, to essentially, you know, they can they can people who are working, people who do have money, you know, potentially very wealthy people who want to see things change could donate to this charity and that charity could help literally strike at the heart of a bunch of really shitty corporations that are kind of ruining everything for everybody um but you know i think that's a great idea yeah right like that's fucking someone needs to do it but you know take that idea from me do it take that idea from me everybody somebody get that started i'm busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know devin says it'd be sick i think devin's gonna do it yeah well well yeah because i mean the thing is is like companies know that people can only strike for so long uh and if you can strike basically indefinitely and it would be much more uh attractive to people if they knew that they could strike and they could have income still Mm -hmm. right oh yeah you know like and then more strikes would happen uh yeah, because, so, like, yeah. the more broke you are, the harder it is to... S- it's like, the more broke you are, the more you probably need to strike, but the harder mm-hmm. it is to actually do it. And there yeah. are a lot of laws in place that make striking difficult. Like, uh, wildcat strikes are illegal as of, like, 100 years ago. A wildcat strike is where you just, like, suddenly start striking, and the company didn't know you were going to do it, um, which... Seems like, yeah, which is stupid. Like, you should be able to do that. You have to give them notice or something, which is like, what? You know, it's very silly. Like, even the laws right now are not exactly in favor of unions or the working class when it comes to strikes. But clearly, it still works when it does happen. But yeah, like, I worked at Target, and this was years ago now, but the one of the training videos they showed us was an anti-union video the video said yeah do not form a union and if you see others who are collaborating to form a union within target you need to report them to the higher-ups and not only should you report them but unions are bad you will actually get paid less if you join a union like there it's like a hypnotic speed it was so stupid it was so when i was (laughs) When I was working at CNS, um, they, like, if you even said the word union, you were instantly fired. And there had been, like, attempts to make unions before. They fired the entire warehouse and just rehired instantaneously. Like, they, like that's the kind of, like, money and power these guys had, was to just fire everybody and just like get them back like get that workforce back like instantaneously um and like they're you know people had tried to strike at that place instantly fired all of them let go you know what i mean like it's fucking crazy uh, yeah, the the lengths that companies with that kind of money this is a fortune 500 company the people with the lengths that they'll go to make sure that you know they keep people in line essentially no it's fucked like they'll do anything and it's just crazy because you know like when you look at news reports saying the economy is growing the stock market is up all of that is going to the top you know like profit keeps going up but it's Mm -hmm. not 
coming to you and me. It's it's going to the top. And so, and even it's like going to the getting, getting a job right now is apparently quite difficult. Like you, you see a lot of people trying to apply for work and it's hard to actually find a decent paying job or even one that doesn't pay that well. Um, I think just because companies, they want to operate on a skeleton crew, you know, like they, they have algorithmically, literally algorithmically created the quote unquote optimal amount of staff to hire. Like they will hire less than they need because you can still keep things running even though it's not good for the people working because they're overworked and you're, if somebody calls out, then they need to call somebody in immediately. So even your off day might turn into a work day and you risk getting fired by not going in suddenly because somebody called out. And mm -hmm. that happened to me at Target even where, you know, I wouldn't go in on my off days. And fortunately, I like didn't necessarily need the job at the time. I just, it was nice to have. But, you yeah. know, I, I would tell them to go fuck themselves. But if you need that job, you're kind of screwed. And, like, how are you supposed <laughs> to build a life when you can't even rely on your days off? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have this cool weekend vacation planned with my girlfriend or my friends. And then they're like, hey, we actually need you to come in. I know you're on your way to, to wherever the fuck you're going. But you need to turn around. You need to Press put up. on that uniform... <laughs> You need to make 15 an hour, maybe 10 an hour, depending on where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then there's also the other, like, there's an opposite way of fucking people where when I worked at McDonald's when I was a kid, that McDonald's had like 80 employees and we would only get like three to five hour shifts. Yeah. You know, there was like two or three managers that would get their 40 hours, but everybody else would get like, you know, 10 hours tops a week, eight hours, 13. Right. They don't want full-time employees. Right, because they don't want to give away benefits and stuff like that. And there's plenty of fucking job, like plenty of jobs out there where, like, all of a sudden, you know, that's why people are working three, four, or five fucking jobs. You know, like it's it's crazy because they can't get a gig that, like, even if they were working full time, it wouldn't pay for their you know expenses and shit like that. And rent just keeps going up and up. And like, you know, I've, I I talked to a landlord one time. Uh, not too not too long ago i was talking to a landlord and he was like he was like dude my taxes went up so fucking high recently like i had i literally had to raise my rent or i wouldn't be able to i would be losing money essentially because my taxes on my rental properties have gone up so fucking high that i can't afford it you know oh my so god it's yeah it's fuck everybody's fucked you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fuck the landlords first. But like, you know, we're all we're all having a hard time. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Yeah, shit's crazy right now. And even like, yeah, the economy is weird. I also feel like there is a collective like malaise. Uh, someone yeah. mentioned existential dread in the chat recently. And yeah, it's almost like in order to work like a, a lot of jobs, you don't make enough to really save. Right. Um, yeah. But then it seems like a lot of people who have good jobs, they still don't really want to be there, which I, I don't think is necessarily a new phenomenon. But I do think there's kind of, especially after the pandemic, there's like a collective deep thinking that is happening right now of like, what does it mean to live a meaningful life and how does work actually factor into that? Because if you think about it, like if you're working 40 hours a week, um, that 
is most of your time. Like, five days a week, your life revolves around this job, and then you have two days off, and you have, like, evenings off. But by the time you get home from work, you're kind of tired, you've used up a lot of your energy. Um, mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I think people are thinking, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of anything? Like, how do I find meaning in work? Uh, assuming they're not just trying to survive, you know? And, yeah. like, th this is something I've asked myself, too. Of Like, how do I make a living without, like, wanting to blow my brains out, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a, a rough thing, hence why I'm, like, maybe I should just fucking go for it, man. You know, yeah. Maybe I should just well, that's, quit it. And, yeah, and start I mean that's making the thing art. about part of this is that like people have things, right? Like people have have comforts, and they desperately want to hang on to those comforts because it it makes you feel safe, right? You know, even if it's your bed or your apartment or your TV or your, you know your PS5 or something like that, people desperately want to hang on to those comforts. In order to do that. You have to have electricity, you have to have heat, you have to have internet, you know, all of this stuff. And losing that, you know, feels like you're losing everything. Um, but it's actually like, you know, having been on the opposite side of that, being homeless before, uh, I felt, I mean, obviously I have my own issues, you know what I mean? I have mental, I have mental problems and shit like that, uh, mental illnesses. So it wasn't, um, like a perfect peachy fun time for me, but like I did definitely feel a lot more liberated when I had nothing, you know, when I was homeless, I felt much more liberated than I do. Even now having the job that I do where I get to kind of make my own hours and make my own schedule and, and all sorts of stuff, you know, it was, it was, uh, a very interesting experience, you know, that like, I, like, do you I know it? fight club is, uh, is, a you know, obviously like a overused kind of example but like when he says you know we're not we're not your fucking khakis you know we're not your we're not your uh whatever it, it's 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 true you know it is true like you are not your you are not your tv you are not your ps5 like your life is not you know these creature comforts life is people don't people don't die easy you know what I mean? Like the human body wants to live. Like you can get out there and you can be fucking nothing, um, and still live a fulfilling life. Uh, ironically enough, you know, and it will be more adventurous, uh, and more interesting moment to moment than anything you would ever do with a job. It, because if you're working a job, if you're working 40 hours a week, you will never have the good time during the day to enjoy stuff. Like you're either working nine to five, uh, five to, you know, five to one or something like that, five, uh, 10, seven, eight, uh, yeah, like five to one, or you're working like, you know, seven to 11 or something like that, right? So if you're working nights, you're sleeping through the day. If you're working through the day, you lose your day. And if you're working like the second shift, you're losing like, again, the day because you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do anything before work. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you get out in the middle of the night. There's nothing open. It, like second shift is worst, but like yeah, it takes away all of the daylight, all of the good time. Oh yeah, and then like when I was in a relationship last year, I you know we'd both work in the day and then hang out in the evening, but like <laughs> we we're both always tired, 
So, yeah. like, most of the time I spent with my girlfriend at the time was, like, I it felt not the highest of quality, and I know most people experience that, and God forbid you have, like, an argument, and you're fucking exhausted, you're both tired, and you're trying to, like, hash out some issue you're having with each other on, like, and you've already used up your good energy for the day, and, <laughs> like, my yeah. mental clarity is, like, going down, and then it's like, okay, well, do we ruin a Saturday with talking about these things? Like, do, you know, it's so... Yeah. It's hard to live, and one interesting thing I found, so, like, after quitting Teresicle, um in, like, freelancing, I had a decent amount of free time, and I spent a lot of time just, like, meditating and exercising, and I felt really good, and I was expecting, like, by doing these things that keep my mind and body sharp, I expected to become more productive. And the opposite actually happened, where <laughs> I, once my mind was clear, I just didn't want to do anything that felt unnecessary or pointless anymore, which actually has since presented a problem of like, okay, well, I still need to make a living, but like, yeah. I feel I've kind of reached this, I don't even know, like, I feel like I have experienced what it feels like to feel free you know and mm -hmm. i want to keep feeling that way but there's the reality of existing within the system like i this was a couple of years ago now um i got really intense with like meditation and magic for a while and i had yeah, this really really Fucking intense <laughs> spiritual experience where it was incredible it felt better than any drug i had taken by far uh it felt like i was touching like the source energy of the universe and as insane as that sounds it was the most beautiful and incredible and ecstatic experience of my entire life and wow. after i experienced that i was like i can't keep doing this because i need to make money and i don't know like this is too beautiful and i don't know how to integrate this into mundane life like i just don't so i kind of stopped doing those rituals because i just was like how am i just gonna be like this homeless dude who sees the top of the universe like what what is gonna in happen the perfect place i mean yeah <laughs> portland is perfect for people like that <laughs> yeah i guess so but also i you know i don't want to end up out there it's just uh yeah i don't know it's kind of weird it's like contentment and productivity seem so at odds and it makes me wonder, like, what that means. Like, what... Well, what I think it, what it yeah. is, is that we are so separated in general from our actual work, right? Like, you know, humans... I mean, uh, yeah, we talk, we've talked about this a little bit before, but humans are hunter-gatherer animals, you know? Like, we're not... Like, society, like, the idea of society, the formation of society, fucked us. We are not better off than we were when we were hunting gathering at all like we like we are i mean obviously medication stuff like that has helped prolong our lives but what's the point of living to a hundred when that the majority of that hundred years fucking sucks and by the time you're able to like quote unquote enjoy it you're old and you hurt and your organs are failing and you're fucking you look like shit and like you know what you don't recognize yourself in the mirror anymore and stuff like we were we were meant to run and hunt and travel 
constantly and we stopped doing that and the farther along you know this idea of currency and shit like that came the farther we fell from the actual product of our you know work like we don't when we go to the grocery store and we buy beef we're just buying beef you know we're not thinking about like how the beef was shipped to the store, where the beef was stored before that, how the beef was put into the package, where the packages came from, where the plastic on the wrapping come from, where did the fucking, you know, what cow got killed? Where was the cow killed? Where was the cow raised? You know, like all of that stuff. We are so far away from it uh, as consumers and as workers that it seems meaningless because it's just so fucking mundane. Like it's so far away. It, it, you know, it's, and back in the day, or, you know, back when humans were existing the way that we were meant to exist as, you know, biological entities on this planet that weren't, you know, trying to further along crazy technology, we saw the food, we killed the food, we ate the food, you know, we made our little, we made our little tents or, you know, had our, had our caves or whatever the fuck was going on. And that was it. That was life. That was existence. And it was fun, you know? Like, I, I imagine, I mean, if you look at tribes, you know, you look at the tribes that don't really touch humanity or civilization very much, they're happy, they're very close with their family, they don't mm-hmm. have back problems. Mm-hmm. The back problems are almost non-existent in tribal communities. Oh, dude, uh, yeah. I, so, I don't know if you've heard of David Cho. He's like a painter, and basically, he made the original Facebook logo. Uh, they didn't have money at the time when he made the logo so they paid him with one percent of facebook's stock and then we all know what happened with facebook so now he's like a billionaire um there's a guy who made the f right yes yeah yes i have listened to a huge podcast with him like multi-hours where he like lost his fucking mind yeah so like one thing he did i think this was actually before he was rich um but he may have been working for vice or he was trying to sell a story device and he traveled to the congo in search of this like dinosaur that supposedly lives like deep in the Congo jungle, uh, apparently it does exist. There's like drawings of it, but nobody has like photographed it or anything. So he went looking in the Congo for this dinosaur with like zero preparation. Um, and it's a long story, but part of it is he ends up getting saved by this tribe that lives in the jungle, and he had a guy with him who spoke French and then somebody in, there was one person in that uh, tribe that spoke a little bit of French. So they were able to communicate through this like kind of broken French. Uh, and mm-hmm. one thing that he talked about with the, the indigenous people there was like, he was talking about America and kind of how interesting it is. And then they were like, America, isn't that the place where people like jump off of buildings to kill themselves? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's America. And they're like, why would anybody want to live there? Like, yeah. And he didn't have a good answer for that. So it, it does kind of make you wonder, like, what are we working towards here? And, and th- I guess the answer is just novelty. We're trying to create technology. And a lot of interesting things have happened. A lot of horrible things have happened. But it's it requires so much, like, conscious efforts through work Mm -hmm. to maintain and to create new things as opposed to just kind of living in harmony with nature where we're kind of like our our dna is meant to be there 
and now we're in this kind of artificial society with artificial schedules, it definitely makes you question like the value of this entire path we've taken. I'm not gonna yeah. go join a indigenous people or anything. Like no, I'm, I'm no, gonna be here. But it's like too fucking late. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm too old. If I, I don't know, if I was like 13 or something, maybe I could integrate. But I'd probably get sunburned anyway. Just, yeah, man. I, I don't. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. I don't think anybody does. And if you think about it, most jobs aren't useful. Like, it, unless you're like building shelters or maintaining the infrastructure, or you're a doctor, or maybe a teacher. Like, those Farmer. are important jobs. But most jobs, you're like making spreadsheets or powerpoints or selling insurance or whatever. And it's like, okay does this really matter? And, like, all these people spend all this time, even, like, what I do, I make videos, and, you know, I'm proud of the videos I make, but, like, is this foundational? Like, how useful is this? It's, yeah. like, what are we doing? What are we doing well, here? And Why? It, well, I think the interesting thing is, too, is that, like, you know, with the guy you were talking about who went to see this tribe, he also eventually, like, he ended up having more money than, like, anybody should ever have because he went from nothing to being a fucking majillionaire like crazy amounts of money and he ended up getting addicted to gambling and sex and drugs hell yeah and like he fucking went nuts and it was because like when he was out living in vegas essentially he was a big roller he was a high roller because he'd go and he'd get fucked up and he would bet millions of dollars at a time yeah i heard about so, this guy yeah so they would they would you know stick him in the penthouse free of charge the top penthouse and when he was up there he would have you know 20 uh, 20 girls like a bunch of dudes and they'd all be like fucking and stuff like that it got to the point where he like couldn't get a boner unless there was like just like a bunch of dudes like in a fucking bang train you know and like like girls doing crazy shit and just porn blasting on like seven tvs you know what i mean like he had to like he had to fix himself really bad after that because you know like and he found he was like money didn't make me happy you know what i mean like i had all this fucking money from that stupid f and like i couldn't fill the void still you know like it was it was it's it's crazy well and, i i think what money buys you it buys you a certain amount of freedom and stability and a lot of yeah. people, instead of, like, figuring out their shit and really focusing on themselves, because now they have money, they try to fill the void with the money. As opposed right. to, like Devin just said, people who go insane from having money make me so mad. Uh, which is true. It's, like, kind of dumb. I, I do feel if I was just magically wealthy tomorrow that I wouldn't go insane. I would just figure it out, you know, like... If you can I, what, go to therapy, meditate, make friends, build a community, have, you know, find a partner, whatever it is, like the, if you don't, if you're not bogged down by making a living, you have so much time to do all of that stuff. And I, okay. I just think I, I'm, I'm going to interject here because this is a perfect like difference between your optimism and my cynicism. Mm -hmm. Um, when you are comfortable and you have time and you have money and you have free t like freedom all you have left after that is yourself 
there is nothing else for you to like really worry about. And then it's just you and your brain. And, and the people around you. Like if you have a sure, community, I think that would keep you grounded. That's something that you have to consider is that like, because so much of us are destitute, are the people that are around you around you because they like you or because you make their lives easier because you're fucking rich? You know, there does become this paranoia of like, do people actually give a shit about me or do I have all these friends because I'm fucking rich and my house is sick and I have a pool and I have, you know what I mean? But once you're left alone with yourself and your thoughts, you then have to deal with yourself and your thoughts. You have to, you have to become, the work then becomes figuring out how to like love yourself. Figuring out how to, you know, deal with the childhood traumas that you didn't know you have. Like, the silence from the stress becomes the loudness of your your brain, right? So you have to, you, like, it becomes, that's why people go nuts. is because they don't know how to deal with their, with their problems mm-hmm. that they have within themselves, you know? So, like, that's why... So extremism, for example, we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Extremism is almost exclusively for the destitute and the up the highest of the highest class because there is like an anger that comes from both sides that can bring people into these really fucked up thoughts and political uh, or conspiratorial areas. Um and and that's where any kind of extremism come from is is anger and fear generally you know and when when you're destitute you know you got to have somebody to blame and when you're rich and have nothing better to do you know you you find an enemy so you don't have to deal with yourself right so it's like it's it's very interesting and and I think why we're seeing so much extremism now is because the middle class is slowly going the way of the buffalo right the people Mm -hmm. that like should be living you know relatively easier lives are disappearing so you either have the easiest life you know monetarily comfort wise or you have the hardest life and both of those people are very very subject to extreme thoughts and uh yeah it's getting it's getting wild out there man you know i mean look at elon musk what the fuck does elon musk have to worry about right i mean he's he's made his money but yet he's out on Twitter throwing shit out to the to the bag of people, you know, throwing like just basically like desperately enabling uh, crazy fucking people. So so for, uh, you know, we were talking about before you came on when you came on, we were talking about our uh, slash conspiracy. So I have this article here that I think is appropriate for now. Um, this was from six hours ago from uh, Key Key Bedroom 4615. As of tomorrow, Ireland will be enforcing the most draconian hate speech laws in the Western world. Pray for my country. <laughs> so so the replies to this are are wild. Um uh the they follow it up with I think this is relevant to the sub as this is a very real conspiracy being perpetrated across the Western world to silence free thinking citizens. Okay, so if your free thought is leading you to hate speech, like, that's not... What are they defining as hate speech? 
I mean, I I don't because there's I, there's that... the obvious ones, and then right. it's like because it can become draconian, but like I don't know what the details are of this thing. I'm not saying I agree or anything. It just it can go too far. I don't necessarily know. I just don't know what's going on with Ireland right now. I need to find uh, something from... Okay, this was 1324. Okay. In light of the Dublin riots, which estimates suggested resulted... Uh, which estimates suggest resulted in millions of euros worth of damage following the stabbing of three children outside their school by a foreign national, Ireland's regional free speech culture war battleground has become global. Several public figures from across the world have sounded the alarm over potential threats to freedom of speech provoked by Irish government legislation to combat so-called hate speech. Immediately following the riots, Prime Minister or uh, Towie, I don't, I can't speak Gaelic, sorry, uh, made it his priority not to ensure the safety, not to ensure the safety of children going to school, but to combat wrong think. This is from The Hill, by the way. Uh, Quote, we will modernize our laws against incitement to hatred and hatred in general, he said before adding, quote, I think it is now very obvious to anyone who might have doubted us that our incitement to hatred legislation is just not up to date. It's not up to date for the social media age, and we need that legislation through within a matter of weeks. Even before the riots, the Irish government has sought to curb, quote, hate speech through legislation called the Criminal Justice Incitement to Violence or Hatred and Hate Offenses Bill of 2022. Um the bill has caused quite a stir, blah, blah, blah. Quote, free speech abs absolutist and Twitter now ex-CEO Elon Musk, here we go, coming on in, has threatened to take the Irish state to court over the legislation. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. has described the bill as, quote, insane. And a member of the Irish parliament, Willie O'Dea, uh, blasted the architect of the legislation, Irish Justice Minister Helen McKenty, as an attempt by her to play the woke gallery. But what's in the bill that has opponents so worried about the threat to freedom of speech? As per the tentative legislation, people with, quote, protected characteristics, which includes uh, inter alia, race, color, and nationality, are afforded new legal protections against physical and mentally inflicted harms in which offenders are motivated by hatred. The problem with the bill is that hatred in this instance is not defined. Indeed, the term, quote, hatred is often used to describe a range of legitimate concerns that many in the political class would prefer not to talk about, including the tinderbox of immigration that Ireland is now coming to terms with. Um, so, I mean, hatred is easy. That's easy to define, even if you don't have a definition, right? If somebody's using racial slur, if somebody is attacking you because of your color, because of your heritage, because of your sexual preferences, because of anything like that, that's fucking hatred, right? And hatred is violence, right? You or, can or assault it, yeah, somebody. It's assuming violence or it's threatening violence. And I guess for me, like the, like maybe what people are concerned about, so they use the migrant example. Um, mm -hmm. There are migrants pouring into, I mean, like New York and a lot of European countries, sounds like Ireland as well. Uh, and they are like putting a strain on communities. And it's like how much of the complaining of that is racism? How much is just like they just don't have the resources to deal with this influx of migrants? And then you have the whole other side of the coin, which is like you, the, the reason they're coming is because governments... The Western world destroyed yeah, their fucking civilizations exactly. and their countries and their resources. <laughs> yeah, but like the people who are dealing with the migrants, like the everyday people in Ireland who maybe feel like their community is getting overrun or something, like they didn't 
cause what caused the migrants to have to go to Europe. You know, sure. it's like you have, and now the government is saying, potentially, you can't complain about it. You know, like, hey, we're just going to keep fucking shit up overseas, uh, and then when it starts affecting you negatively, and you start complaining about it, that's hate speech. I think that's what people are afraid of, and I don't know right. if they're actually going to use it that They might, though. That's the thing, is, like, when you're vague in your legislation, that can present problems, and I do feel sure. like... Generally, the right is more paranoid about these things, about right. like draconian laws regarding hate speech that can get hijacked and uh, silence people who are making good points, which has absolutely happened over history. Um, and I'm not saying Elon Musk and Donald Trump Jr. are the ones <laughs> I, I want, you know, uh, at the tip of Protecting the spear here. Our free speech. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it can happen. And I... Again, I don't know what caused Ireland to do this, because uh, there's insane laws that people in power try to pass all the time. There was, like, in Australia in the early 2000s, uh, the Congress there tried to pass some law about women with small tits couldn't be in porn, because it was, like, simulating children having sex, basically. Uh, which is, like, an insane <laughs> thing. You're, like, calling women without big boobs children like like if you are dating a woman who doesn't have big tits like you're a pedophile like this is kind of the insane shit that can happen what yeah like, oh my god so, <laughs> so i i don't necessarily trust the government to make decisions like this and the porn thing while it seems different it's also not because yeah. you get I, they're like trying to seem not woke but they're like trying to get brownie points, you know. We are fighting yeah. pedophilia, and yeah. meanwhile, they're passing this insane law. So I don't know, man. Like those I, girls with small teats, they I, don't. They they look like little children. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I think someone like needs children. to be careful and <laughs> like sound the alarm about things like this. And if sure. it's got to be Elon Musk, I don't know. I get he has a platform. Literally, he has the platform. So, like so. I I, under, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, and I think I mean Ireland. I know the I know the Irish blood. You know what I mean. Maybe not the Irish people themselves perfectly, but growing up in an Irish town, growing up in a state that's heavily populated by Irish descendants, knowing Boston. You know what I mean. Irish people uh, are can be very racist <laughs> like and uh outwardly so and nastily so um ireland has had a fuck ton of issues uh you know between them and the uk and with the ira and like all this kind of stuff <laughs> one of our patrons says irish people are white mexicans <laughs> <laughs> to be to uh, this this patron is is mexican um but yeah like so so there was a essentially what it seems like is there was a violent outburst um that happened uh there was riots uh about um an incident that like seemed to have happened at a school uh, because of i don't i don't fucking know but anyway like i think that like so so you can get arrested for assault by your words 
You know what I mean? Like if you go after somebody verbally in public in a way that's threatening, you can be arrested for that. You mm-hmm. can be put in jail for that because it is sure. assault, right? If you spit on somebody, that is assault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that like, you know, whether it's in the streets or whether it's online, you know, if you have people out there calling these immigrants, you know, sand N words, you know, and like accusing them of a bunch of shit that they're not doing, you know, or being part of uh white genocide, right? Like, you know, that's a huge fucking conspiracy is the whole white genocide thing where like the, 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 the immigrants are not here because they need to be here. They're being brought in by the, by the Democrats and, and the blues to replace white people and replace white voters and like all of this shit. You know what I mean? Like there is a, there is a dark core of ignorant hate that comes into into all of this and it's it's like it's crazy right because so like what they'll do is they'll take they'll take an incident right so say like an immigrant from another country you know say from the middle east or from africa or something like that uh rapes somebody right all of a sudden all immigrants are rapists right where like there might be like one to ten incidences of that happening where there's like thousands of rapes that happen from the actual citizens of the country that's complaining about their immigrants you know what i mean like it's 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 insane it's insane the way that they they treat other people and it's only gonna get worse because after like with the with the change in the um in the environment the change in the weather the change in uh you know global warming africa is going to dry the fuck up like there's going to be major swaths of uh, that continent that run out of water, period. And people are going to have to move. And it is going to be an insane exodus. You know, like 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 there's there's going to be no country probably that doesn't get refugees. Um, and if we don't figure out how to deal with this now, it, it's gonna be absolute fucking chaos you know like especially if like the middle class and the or the lower class and the upper class continue to separate farther and farther and farther you know all of a sudden like because because there there's things that people complain about that you know are are fair right so so there's so many poor people in this country or people that are just getting by right and we have to pay for our health care 90, 90% of the country has to pay for their health care. Israel doesn't have to pay for their health care because we pay for it. We sure do. Riddle but me that. We're paying you know for their I mean? war machine, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, so why are we sending all that money over here where, like, we're not, you know, getting getting that here? You know, like, it, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, you know, it's just, uh, seems like he might have a little bit more details on that. But it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, so when poor people see you know, refugees coming in, uh, and see them getting benefits that they're not getting. Um, for instance, you know, out here in, in, uh, Holyoke, uh, we, the state of Massachusetts advertises in Puerto Rico for people to come out to Holyoke. They bring people from Puerto Rico to Holyoke and dump them in Holyoke. They put Mm -hmm. them on, you know, they put them on, uh, like welfare type plans, socialized type plans and then they don't teach them english they don't give them any kind of like 
ability to start working or surviving in this environment because they get money in from the Fed to help them, right? To help people from Puerto Rico, but they're not spending it on the uh, the the fucking pr- like projects that need to be done in order to, you know, help people from Puerto Rico to rise out at least get out of fucking Holyoke. You know what I mean? Like so it's 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 a very destitute area. Um uh and uh JM and and Neonosis says uh say Puerto Ricans are Americans. Lucky bastards. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, they don't have to do like any kind of like crazy green card shit, but you know, again, it's like this this it's still an immigration from, you know, one place to another. And it's uh or maybe not immigration, but um you know, uh, what the fuck is a good word for that? Emigration. Not, emigration. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They are emigrating you know. to. Implantation. Right? Is, you know what I mean? Emigrating from. It, yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, clearly the, the government there is exploiting these people and just collecting yeah. money and leaving yeah. them to rot and not giving them the actual resources they need, which sucks. Yep. Um, like, the whole point of that program, I'm sure, was to help people, and instead they're just pocketing the money and mm-hmm. hurting people yeah. which and the other funny part yeah. of that that uh that city is that the other half of the population is irish catholic Ooh. right so the irish they fucking hate the puerto ricans right they're like oh they're bringing our city down like you know the the low the the south end of the city the flats and everything like that so it's, it's a total fucking piece of shit place with a total fucking piece of shit people they're just drug dealers and criminals and like you know i've had friends that were mugged down in the flats like it's not a safe place but like you know they're not <laughs> like you know the irish the irish catholics you know they, they're calling them racist names and all sorts of stuff like that but what's funny is that it used to be the Irish that lived in the flats and the Italians were the ones that had money in that city. You know, it, it, like it's 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 this spiral of like the people come in, everybody hates them, then they become, you know, infused with the with the society and then the next people that come in, everybody fucking hates them. And it's like that kind of cycle does need to stop. And I think that like, you know, Assuming this Irish hate speech regulation doesn't <laughs> doesn't get blown out of proportion where they're starting to, like, you know, arrest people for being like, you know, hey, like, our town doesn't have enough room for all of these people you're trying to bring into it, right? As, as long as they're not saying that that's hate speech, because it's not, you know, if, 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 right. if, you're, if your local economy is tanking because, you know, you have a population that you weren't ready for. That should be something that should be addressed, and that's not uh, that's not hate speech because nobody's saying like we don't want any of them. We just don't have enough space and enough money for all of these people that you're trying to put in, right? Mm-hmm. That's not hate speech. Hate speech is being like I hate these fucking slur words. Uh, I want to kill them, you know, if I could. Like none of them should be allowed here. None of they don't belong here. Like that kind of stuff, right? So there obviously there is risks involved, but again. If a government is doing something, if they go too far, people will freak out, you know, or at least they should. And I feel like Ireland is a small enough place where you can get enough people together to make a huge difference uh, by protesting the government. Whereas it's right. a, it's a lot different. It's a lot more difficult in the places big as America, 
But um, yeah, yeah, the Irish I mean, are you know they're feisty. They're good at talking. They got the gift of gab. Like you don't want to mess. They with the will Irish blow thing. shit up. Yeah, <laughs> like they they will blow shit up. Like, they mean business over there. Yeah, yeah. But, so that's yeah. The U.S. That's, definitely less organized in that way. Yeah, and 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 so this is why this r slash conspiracy threat is so is so crazy, because you know they're like they're calling themselves free thinking citizens, right? Like. What if, how, how are you being hateful? Doesn't mean you're free thinking, you know what Indeed. I mean? Like that's, that's the, that's the words that's sticking with me is they're, they're trying to silence free thinking citizens. It like, what do you mean? Free thinking citizens? Like that, that's such QAnon language, mm-hmm. you know, that we're free thinkers that we're people who quote, do our own research and, Yada yada, but they still believe that JFK is fucking alive, or JFK well, that, Jr. is still alive. what always bothers me about this type of conversation, is you have the hate, the hate speech side, which is like trying to stop hate speech, quote-unquote. Then you have mm-hmm. the free-thinking side that is trying to advocate for free-thinking, quote-unquote. But, like, what does that actually mean? Like, mm-hmm. what's... How do you define these things? And it seems very vague to me. Like, I would like to see an actual excerpt from the law. And it, it does feel like in these conversations, you kind of have these, like, two generic arguments. And it's annoying. It's not productive. I It does feel ideological as opposed to practical. And, like, like where is the conspiracy? Because, yeah, you have, like, the QAnon conspiracy of, like, we're free thinkers. But then you also think that, you know, Trump is digging tunnels on literally sent Park from and... you, you you think that trump is literally sent from god <laughs> as a messiah to stop the globalist deep state from drinking the blood of children he is dude he's gonna save us from those who are trying to harvest the adrenochrome and i just yeah. feel like you're kind of being a, a sheeple right now yeah and the thing is is like yeah uh so like punk Abe is talking about you know neonosis says my right to be a supremacist punk Abe says pretty much my freedom to hate and it's like you're still free to hate you're still free to be a racist nobody said you can't be a racist anymore or mm-hmm. or, or a bigot you, you can know, do ra- it racism is. yeah you can do it just fucking keep it to yourself because you're an asshole you know what I mean? Nobody wants to hear your stupid ass fucking talk because you're a dick and you're like inciting violence. You know, you're inciting, you're hurting people. You're scaring them. You're yeah, terrorizing people. Dude, there was huh? this great series of videos. This black guy went to this like little town. I don't, it was in the South somewhere. And mm-hmm. he interviewed a self-proclaimed racist, obviously a white guy. Um, and the, you know, black dude and white dude were talking. Who's like, so the, the guy hosting the video was like, Hey man, so like, why don't, why do you hate black people? And he's just like, ah, oh, you know, they wear weird clothes and I don't like their music. It sucks. And, uh, but what was funny <laughs> about, <rap. laughs> what was funny about their conversation was they genuinely seemed to both enjoy each other's company because yeah. they were having a real conversation that didn't feel ideological. And, like, you could tell by kind of the end of this series of videos that, like, the racist dude, he was, like, friends with this black dude by the end. Yeah. And it was... It's fascinating to me the power of, like, just talking. Like, a real talk. Not like I'm trying to convince you of my side, 
but like both people sitting there trying to understand the other side and i think that's where real change comes from not like getting on twitter and saying this is bad and i mean this is part of the reason why i have so much trouble like i'll watch the news every day but like Mm. i'm not like you where i can get really opinionated about things and start talking about it because i just feels like so much of what is happening is ideological it's about trying to seem like you're the good guy as opposed to actually working towards an understanding of what is happening and and i'm nothing if not an idealist like which is fine (laughs) but like yeah it just so much of it feels like grandstanding to me like it's not real and i just hate that shit Whereas, like, I think, yeah, I think like, there is people complain about, you know, like uh, the media, you know, doing woke things to do woke things and get that woke audience. And I 100 percent agree that that's a thing they are using that. I mean, we saw it with, uh, you know, we see it every year, Pride Month, where all these fucking brands start putting their rainbow logos up on Twitter and shit like that. And it's just like it's just trying to make more money. You know, and and like they don't care about the messaging, right? Like I think that was what was interesting about the Barbie movie, right? I know you recently watched that. Is that <laughs> yeah. the feminist the feminist ideas that were in the Barbie movie are very like duh feminist shit, right? Mm. Like that's shit that you know, that shit that I know, that shit that anybody who is like you know taken any interest in you know what feminism is uh, knows. So for me, it was kind of like I did think the movie was funny, um, but it also is like it's it's trying to still appeal to as many people as possible. Right. It's 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 trying to appeal to the to the feminists and 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 the woke audience. But it's also trying to like, you know, not fuck the brain of people who are just trying to watch a good a funny movie you know like it's it's not far enough right to be what i would consider um 100 sincere Mm. i mean yeah i it's a hollywood movie and i do feel it made a lot of good points i thought it was funny like i enjoyed it more than oppenheimer like I felt it was very entertaining and you know ultimately it felt I I think a lot of women watched it and felt you know empowered and seen by the movie which I think is a good thing um did it paint a caricature of like men and the patriarchy or whatever I think it did yeah but I thought it was funny still like it I just think again going back to ideological stuff like I know people who won't even watch the Barbie movie because they think it's man-hating or whatever which is ridiculous. I just think it, it's a movie. It has its point, and you can agree or disagree, but like, you don't have to avoid it. You don't have to like. It's not gonna eat you. It's, it's okay. It's not. Yeah. It's if like you if you're worried it, about you that can movie, watch it. If and you're talk worried about what you don't it, like about it, but yeah, like it's it's it, like if you're worried about that movie, and you don't want to watch that movie, why? Why are you worried about it? Like, yeah, like I didn't want to watch the movie because it looks stupid, but I watched it, you know, because Devin wanted to watch it and I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. like, and now she's mad that two men are talking about Barbie. 
shaking her well, head. Well, I, th- I think, like, if you <laughs> don't want to watch Barbie because there's a feminist message in it, that that right there shows a level of fear because you don't want to hear what this movie has to say because if it makes sense you have to think you have to rethink how you look at the world you have to rethink how you know your interactions with women have been and people who people who fight that shit are are ignorant yeah, like they they choose to be ignorant. Like it's it's fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to hear it because it has feminism. Yeah, like you probably don't even know what feminism is. You probably think that feminism is just like uh you know the the apocalyptic all women are going to become lesbians and put men in caves underground only to breed. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds hot. Like, yeah. Uh, and it's it's just like yeah, hate comes from fear. Uh, Jedi Yoda was always right. Yeah, I mean. It's uh, it, it's it's funny. I can't I can't not think that it's that it's funny because again, like the idea of the movie has a lot to do with men's fragile egos, mm-hmm. right? And I and I think that like there is obviously there's a lot of hate or anger uh, that has been spewed out towards men over the past decade, and I think that it is warranted. But I also think that there are a lot of things that men deal with being men that perpetuate the cycle of toxic masculine um, tendencies. You know, like it's it, like we don't touch a lot, we don't hug a lot, we don't right. like. There's yeah. there's we a lot of intimacy, comforts. like non-sexual yes. intimacy, and I think we seek it through sex. And sex is important mm-hmm. in everything, but. I do think men are conditioned to not hug each other and not, uh, like, we just don't interact with life in that way, and that makes us crazy, and then by the time we start dating a woman, there's a chance that we're going to be weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, And shit can get fucked. I think, yeah, it's sad, man. I, I do think that's changing. There are, maybe it's just because I'm in Portland, but it does feel like a lot of men are more open to talking about their feelings in a way that they're comfortable with and in a way that is articulate. It's almost like, you know, when a man talks about his feelings, you either expect it to be this, like, blown out of proportion, like, I've repressed it for so long and now I'm angry kind of thing. Yeah. Or they're like barely talking about what they're actually feeling. And that's really bad. Uh, I I do think as far as like being a man, the experience of living that way is torture. And then women in turn also get negatively affected by it in huge ways. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I I felt like the Barbie movie, I, I don't think it really addressed the male lack of intimacy, but I mean, it was like from a women's perspective about dealing with the patriarchy, and I don't know. I anyway, I feel like I'm rambling, but it's no. I agree with you. I think that I think that like a lot of it, and that 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 intimacy, that like physical intimacy, that emotional intimacy, that um, you know, we're not given from our fathers, uh, we're not given by our other friends. Um, I think that is it, it creates this odd kind of you know, fraternity type 
relationship between men where, you know, it's like, we're, instead of being emotional and, and instead of being like, you know, able to process that stuff and, and being like close, which is considered weak and like all of this stuff, you know, instead we're, we look at each other and we're all like, oh, well, we're logical beings. We think of, we think in facts and blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know, it's more, it's more apt to, you know, a man is more apt for this position in this job because they're going to do their work and they're going to do it right. And they'll probably be a little bit more cutthroat and, you know, not going to be so soft like a woman would, or, you know, they're not going to get their periods or like, you know, whatever the fuck it is. The And, and I think that like, if the idea of a man being like this, like muscle guy, you know, like was able to go away and we were able to do things like, like you could see two girls cuddling on a couch watching a movie, right? If you saw two guys doing that, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. like it's it's uh it's it's we live that, in a, a different world, us men. Yeah, yeah. That image of two men who are completely, you know, uh, uh, heterosexual laying together like or shoulder to shoulder or like leaning each other on a yeah, uh, leaning each other on a couch. That's instantly gay, you know. Would, would you ever cuddle with a man, Mike? Um, would you cuddle I used with me? To, I well, I've slept in the same bed as men before. You know what I mean. And mm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, like a, a, a cuddle sleeper. So like technically yes, um, but it didn't feel gay. It felt nice. You know what I mean. Like mm. it, there was nothing wrong with like sleeping in the same bed as my bud. You know. Um, I am a spooner. I'm also a humper and a grabber. <laughs> like, like I'm a, Devin, what, what Devin calls me, like, I've like straight up been called like a sleep creep. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what everybody calls, like anybody who slept with me calls me a sleep creep. Cause I'm just like, hello, <laughs> like in my sleep. I, I have very, um, I, I'm a wild sleeper, uh, unfortunately. So it's very difficult for me to like share beds with anybody, but, um, well, clearly yeah, you have a it, very active subconscious that is lashing out whenever you go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I do think, I, I think that lack of, of intimacy is a huge thing. And like, just the idea of me doing that, you know, sitting, like, I mean, not that I have a lot of close friends besides you and Tyler, but like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want to be close to Tyler like that and if he tried to be close to me like that I would be very uncomfortable you know and that's because I've been on this earth for 32 fucking years and never had that experience and always been told it's great it's gay you know and like I'm I am fine with with gay everything but I guess there is that like kind of like weird internalized uh homophobia i guess you know what i mean like i i I guess you can't really call any of that thing like that feeling anything except for homophobia right sure or it part of it is homophobia for sure gay panic or whatever uh part of it too i think is like our relationship with masculinity like as men we want to be masculine generally speaking because that Mm -hmm. is what is seen as attractive uh particularly like from women perhaps and if we deviate from that, there's a fear that we will no longer be attractive. You know, we'll, if you're right. uh, seen as an effeminate, effeminate straight man, 
then will women still be attracted to you? Will men still respect you? Will, you know, these are questions I think that we kind of have to deal with. And until we kind of collectively figure out new values, that is always going to be an issue. Because even like in my relationships with women, I feel like in a way, so like, okay, I've had two long-term relationships. Uh, my first one, I was definitely not that emotionally available and uh -huh. I wish I was more emotionally available. But then my second, I felt like I was quite emotionally available. Um, and then she ended up breaking up with me. And I'm not saying it was because of the emotional availability or anything, but there is like this shitty voice in my head that was like, bro, what if you just like were the way you were in your last relationship? Like would it have worked out? And yeah. it's kind of like, do like, is this who I have to be to be seen as attractive by a partner? And mm -hmm. like, I don't, necessarily know the answer to that i think being emotionally available is what we should all strive for i think being emotionally intelligent and being able to understand what you're feeling and talk about them is really important um yeah i i mean part of it you know i was dating a lawyer and i think if from i the east coast <laughs> yeah from the east coast and i think just you know if i was talking about something that she was doing that bothered me she was very good at like uh, winning basically because she's yeah, yeah. a lawyer. Um, yeah, and and she's from the East Coast where yeah. like our interactions are arguing. About yeah. Shit. <laughs> so you know, I I don't know what would have happened if you know I just was less emotionally available or less emotional or something. Well, but, I think that brings yeah. up the idea of like the expectation that women are going to be emotionally available, which is not always you know that's in fact <laughs> from my experience that is definitely not always the case you know like um and i think that like they the stereotypes of both you know men and women in their roles in society and everything like i think those stereotypes can be accurate but they can also be very harmful because not everybody is the same and not everybody like fills that or has the kind of abilities or uh or the ability to, you know, fulfill those kind of expectations, don't fall into those, uh, you know, round, round peg, round hole kind of ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's funny, like, so I've been dating, and this is a small sample size, to be sure, but like, at least in the initial stages of dating, I do feel a pressure to be, like, what's the word? Just not have any problems or like present any problems you know like i i've got it all together i'm a man i'm this and that um because mm -hmm. i'll like i notice if i'm getting to know somebody like i'm you know interested in in a woman uh as soon as i start being honest about like yeah i'm at a point in my career it's okay i feel like i'm missing something uh they'll like immediately stop responding Whereas mm. if I just stick to like witty banter, then they they enjoy that, yeah. and it's kind of interesting. Of like, okay, maybe women don't like this, but then you also see them complaining a lot about, um, you know, men not being able to talk about their feelings in a way that is articulate and you know without being like extremely angry or something. So it's 
I don't really know what is happening here. It could just, uh, online dating also just fucking sucks. Like I don't know if it even <laughs> means anything. Um, I'm not tried, blaming women by any means at all. Like truly, the, like nobody owes me their time or response or anything. But yeah, it it is something where I keep my I keep it light now when it comes yeah. to the initial stages of dating of just like not like I was trauma dumping or anything but I just I don't know I don't think they want to hear about my negative feelings you know I I think part or something. of I don't fucking know maybe I I'm just boring the, well there's that um you know there's that cognitive dissonance right where we I mean I think me and you more than a lot of people are more or less terminally online um where we see all this discourse we see all this talk we see all this like call to action we see all this like yada yada i mean it's way worse if you're on tiktok like etc cetera, etc cetera, about like you know how men should be how women are like you know how men are like all this stuff and i think it's a lot of talk because people will talk and talk and talk and talk and say all these idealistic things and then when it comes to real life you realize all of a sudden that like the shit on the uh internet has not truly seeped into reality yet you know like we're still living in a in a world that may be like 10 to 15 years behind what is being said on the internet and what is being pro like projected on the internet you know uh we're still millennials if we're dating within our our age range we're still dating people that grew up uh calling each other gay all the time Oh, you know, yeah, we're still totally. dating people who grew up, you know, in the in an age that was not uh, politically correct in any way whatsoever. Right. Like, so it's it's really hard to, like, unlearn those kinds of things. Uh, Neo says, um, f fun story time about uh, toxic hypocrisy. I was deployed in a desert region uh, with some Marines during the revocation of the don't ask, don't tell deal for the armed forces. And like in the showers with this group of Marines, I overheard numerous jokes and out loud proclamations of how they, uh, quote, don't want to uh, fucks in my, oh, don't want no F slurs in my core, right? Uh, no, all Rip. these dudes are basically naked, playing games like gay chicken, slapping and grabbing each other's junk. And after the same Marine yelled that statement about not wanting any homosexuals to serve openly in the military, they proceeded to wrestle two other dudes naked. <laughs> Dude, that's the, all the dudes i know who are in the military or have been in the military are like they are like the gayest people i know and <laughs> that's like the culture it's it's weird it's like so traditionally masculine but yeah. then there's also this like culture of fraternity fraternity fraternal bros. gayness i don't i don't yeah. really know <laughs> it's i don't entirely understand it um, but it's also, I don't know, it's kind of funny to be like, yeah, bro, you're so hot, I want to suck your dick, and, but it's like, is it a joke? But it's also a joke? I, yeah. It's so strange, I think that's maybe our way of dealing with the kind of lack of intimacy between men where you're like, we're like, hey, I like you as a friend, so I'm gonna tell you you're hot and I want to suck your dick, but also, ew, gay is gross. It, it's <laughs> such a weird... Such a weird <laughs> world we live in, man. It's a weird, yeah. <laughs> weird time. Yeah, I mean, me, like, like I'm particularly, like, not uh, fucking, um, like, intimate with, like, my family, the men are not 
intimate at all at all like you know like it's like i have a very the men in my life are very men men um so i would never like just show another dude my dick or like any like the closest i would get to somebody's dick is like giving them a turkey tap you know what i mean like just like a little bap you know (laughs) just because it's funny (laughs) turkey tap you don't know turkey tap it's just a little smack in the balls you know, it's, nice. it's like a little bop, and then they're like, oh, you know, like we, we used to turkey tap we each other a, all the time. We called that a sack tap. Oh, a sack tap? Yeah, we, yeah. we call it a we turkey tap. Yeah, sack tapping. Because the nut sack looks like a turkey gobbler. You know? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get bop. it. Yeah, okay, and then they go, oh, <laughs> West Coast, we call it sack tap. East Coast, call it turkey tap. That's what I'm learning. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the closest I've ever gotten to another dude's dick really you know and that's like through clothes and it's also just being like a mean prankster essentially mm-hmm. um uh not in south california or it says south california here never heard of uh sack tap what do you guys what do i you mean guys that's call probably it? a good thing we actually stopped this was in like high school we stopped doing sack taps we we're just like this is kind of painful they had a, southern california was a squirrel tap oh 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 yeah. okay so wow there's just all kinds <laughs> this is great oh my god bon- bonsai pop team at gmail uh bonsai pop team at gmail.com what did you call smacking your friend in the nuts <laughs> yeah we gotta hear all the nomenclature here that's uh, yeah that's funny mm-hmm. um why squirrel because nuts you're you're whacking somebody in the nuts the squirrels after your nuts you know what i mean yeah um waluigi also says nut check yep sure i i think uh, d- in all of this I've just kind of learned being a human is really weird and complicated, like regardless of gender or race. And obviously, depending on your gender or race, there might be things you have to deal with that others don't. But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I feel like lately I've just sort of felt compassionate to everybody as far as like, you know, men, their lack of intimacy, women, the kind of that constant vulnerability of, you know, who, who can I trust? Um, yeah, it's all it's pretty gnarly, man, being a human. And I just think I in all of this, I feel like I've been um, more inclined to just make friends with people and just like be friends, uh, whether that's like with women or men and just talk about what's really on our minds um, as opposed to like. I think in the past I've used dating to like fill a void, um, but now I just kind of want to connect with people and form real platonic relationships. And then, yeah, I, I think a lot of dudes, oh, I think I have a package here. Um, you you want to just rant while I deal with this? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for me on that, like I uh, have always lived a life of... Um, I don't really know what you would call it. Uh, it I did like not small, uh, but I would say inter <laughs> yeah, debauchery. Debauchery is pretty great. Um, I guess like interscene, you know. So it's like if I I like to surround myself with like minded individuals, right? Because I get fucking annoyed with people who uh, have no opinion. Um, so like you know. I like I could literally listen to, you know, other people talk about 
whatever, as long as they have an actual fucking opinion about it, right? Like I tend to get, I tend to get very invested in things, um, you know, like whether it be TV or movies or video games or music or uh, anything, I get really, really invested in it. And because my interests are so secular, I get a lot of, uh, I just, I just feel like a lot of other people are, um, I don't really know how to say it, but, uh, like, um, not, not boring, but, um, don't have a lot of substance. You know what I mean? Like I, I've just always really liked people who have, uh, like deep interests and like fascinations and, um, really care about the stuff that they like. Right. And it's like, I know people like in my family who like, they just don't fucking give a shit about anything. You know, I'm like, oh man, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And they're like, I'm like, do you want like, uh, do you want like these movies? Like, do you want like, uh, you know, like maybe like a sound system or like something cool, you know? And they're like, nah, I'll just take like a gift card to Old Navy. You know, it's like, like, fuck man. Like, come on. You have to have something you like, like you collect something. Get out of them. Yeah, get into snow globes or something, you know, like, fuck, enjoy something thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so with, when I meet people that don't thoroughly enjoy something, or on the other hand, pretend to enjoy something, that turns me off. So I have a lot of difficulty connecting to people. And I don't know, maybe like, again, people accuse me of being fucking autistic all the time, but like, I don't know, man, like I really have a deep difficulty connecting with people that don't have a passion i don't care what your passion is as long as you're not a racist piece of shit like as long as you have a passion i can i can get behind you and that's why i love hanging out with people like in the discord right that's why like i've worked so hard through you know the videos and the channel and the podcast to you know really kind of you know express myself and just be who i am uh like unapologetically and it has really attracted a lot of people that have like deep passionate interests whether it's music or whether it's video games or uh anime or you know whatever nino says my passion is not having one sure but you're funny you know what i mean like you're a funny dude like who like you can pull out like references out of your fucking ass you know what i mean like that that's something right there like if you have a if you have a library of fucking of references that are that are like funny you know that's that's something that you have you you know you gotta have something but like if i'm just hanging out with somebody who just like casually watches sports and goes to sleep and like doesn't care you know what i mean like that's fucking boring dude like i i'm gonna have a lot of trouble like connecting with you you know like when i decided to to follow the bruins this year i just got so into it i got into you know who plays what how they fucking play their play style how many minutes on the ice they are uh, they've got you know like what what were their projected point totals for this year like you know what what's it looking like for you know playoff spots that kind of like how are they doing in their division what are the other teams in the division how are they fucking doing you know what i mean like i just get like really 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 into things that i like and it's very difficult for me to um i I not write off people who don't i guess and and the worst are people who pretend to like something right because that's what gets you excited or me right so like people are like yeah dude i love i love like this band i'm like oh awesome dude did you hear about like blah 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 they're like no (laughs) like you know i'm like oh did you like have you like have you seen them live or anything like that i saw them live this one time like they're really cool and they're like no 
was like dude have you uh, do, like what do you think of this track that was like on like blah 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 like i it, like i think honestly like there's probably like one of the best tracks on that album and uh you know it's like it's really fucking sweet and i think that like you know this is really the kind of music that they were trying to put out with this album and like the hits that they put out didn't really match that and they're like no nah, i haven't heard that song you know it's like <laughs> it's like really difficult because all of a sudden you're like okay so you like you know one or two things or you've seen you know one movie with this actor in it or you've seen one movie directed by this guy or whatever and you're like yeah they're my favorite director or like yeah that's my favorite actor and like you know what i mean it's like but why and they're they like just, they want to feel like they have an opinion on something you know yeah they want to feel yeah, something it, so they yeah, pretend but, to yeah that drives me nuts those people used to be called posers and i fucking hate them i think they're still posers (laughs) are they i don't know some people are just awkward too they like want to make conversation and they don't know how so they just start saying shit they're like yeah i love that guy that you mentioned he's cool i'm into that which is like i get it it's cringe and dumb but i at the end of the day i think it's usually an attempt at human connection or just Mm -hmm. an attempt to say something say anything you know on yeah and maybe that's and maybe that's a problem with me you know what i mean and that's fine if it's a problem with me it's a problem with me and this is just this is how i i deal with it with like you know just whatever uh jm says i love nickelback is how i open every conversation jm you are deeply deeply invested in dungeons and dragons you know what i mean like you have a passion like you are you have a skill you have an ability you have something that you like to do like you don't just fucking bring bread places and then go home and watch like love is blind on Netflix and fall asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so clearly people have found out that we can talk forever uh, about anything. So like, this is, this is great. I think um, Tyler is editing and needs to edit. And we're both on the same, um, we're both on the same Adobe. So like you can only have so many accounts active at one time. So Grant, um, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for rescuing, uh, the audience from me just talking about, uh, people exploding Anytime. blood out of their faces. And, uh, you have anything that you want to like, you know, uh, promote uh, anything not like that? that like, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, Grant Geist, that's Grant, no space, Geist, G E I S T. Got lots of cool, weird, crazy videos on there. I think you might enjoy them. I'm currently updating the thumbnails and whatnot, uh, but yeah, man, check it out, uh, or don't, and it's always a pleasure talking to you, Mike, and it's always good hanging out with this community, truly. you built a wonderful community here, and I like them all. Well, thank you. They, they love you, too. A lot of people, all the patrons in the chat are, are saying that they really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad. Um, and thanks for thanks for all the patrons for being here. I know Cole was here, Bronte's here, uh, JM, Luatica, Neonosis, Plus Size Waluigi, uh, Devin was here for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys are awesome. Check out the Popcast Premium. You can get that by joining our fucking Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bonsai Pop. That's what keeps this alive and keeps it going. And we will be back next week. Um, Arlo just messaged me back um, so he isn't sure when he will be on the podcast but he will be on the podcast eventually I will get him on and then we will have a the first ever family friendly bonsai podcast <laughs> oh wow we'll see if we can do it I don't know how I'm gonna go you're not gonna ask him uh, if he the whole time. no no that was a mistake 
I think that was a mistake. I think I was I was too eager to have <laughs> she says uh, talk about eating ass. Um, but anyway, uh, all right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.